This is Meg Tilton at the A Cow Life, episode number 51, Autopilot. This is the A Cow Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are, and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast this week. I have to admit something. (laughs) I'm really, really proud of myself, because guess what? I'm recording this on Saturday night not Monday afternoon, which I have been doing the last couple of weeks because summer has really thrown me a curveball <laughs> in terms of having my kids home all the time and just having a set schedule and things have just been crazy. So I actually went to the library today, which is a tip that I highly recommend for everybody. I started doing this actually, even before I started doing a podcast, before I even decided to become a life coach and had things that I needed to do with my business, I decided to do that once a week. I would go to the library and I would do our budget and I would do menu planning and I would plan our week man, it made such a big difference. So if you're struggling to get all that you need to done, because being a mom and running a household is a full-time job, right? So there's no reason why you should not go and have like a little planning session with yourself once a week. And I think the library is a great place to do that because there's little distraction. It's supposed to be quiet. And I love it at the library. I actually reserve a room and I go and there's not very many distractions and I just sit down and I get a whole bunch of stuff done. So I actually wrote a whole bunch of podcasts today and my daughter came with me and she did her homework for the summer. She has summer homework. What is that? What is that? (laughs) I never had that when I was growing up. So I give her a gold star for putting forth the effort to do that. Anyway, so I'm feeling pretty good right now because I'm like a day ahead of myself and that's a good thing right now. Anyway, so I wanted to jump into the podcast and get going on this and I hope that the title kind of intrigues you. It is called Autopilot, okay? So this last week we have been watering several friends gardens for them because they've been out of town and I was going to one of my friends houses and I was deep in thought which is not totally uncommon for me when I'm driving I think a lot while I drive and before I knew it I was driving right past the road onto which I was supposed to turn to go to their house you know it was one of those things where it was way too late to you know pull the car pull a hard left. And so I had to go down to the next light and weave my way through a grocery store parking lot and get all situated and everything before I was headed back in the right direction again. And it got me thinking about our lives and how much we do on autopilot, right? So I think it's great that we live in a day and age where so much is automated, for us. And so many things are kind of on an autopilot mode in our life. So 
Examples of this would be like we can go and we can put in a batch of clothes into a machine and push a button and we come back a few hours later and we have clean clothes. Like that's amazing, right? And then we move them to another machine and we push a button and then we come back and they're dry. The same thing is true of our dishes. We you know, rinse our dishes off, put them in a machine, put a little soap pod in there and push go. And a couple hours later, voila, we have clean dishes. And we even can see this just in some of the activities that we do every day. I think going grocery shopping is a great example of being on autopilot. I mean, come on, we push a cart through aisles and aisles and aisles of food, and we kind of mindlessly just grab things and put them in our cart. And then we go up and we put them on this moving conveyor belt and we pay for them with a plastic card, right? It's just... It doesn't take any energy, hardly at all. And so I think all of these things are really great because what it does is it frees up a ton of space in our brains to be more creative and to be able to pursue things that can generate a lot of worth and a lot of value for the world. So I think that these things are amazing. I love my washing machine. I love my dishwasher. I love going and just being able to pick things off of shelves and be able to go home and feed my family. I think it's amazing. But here's the catch that has happened for us in today's society. Because we have all of this available free time for our brains, our brains are always searching for something to fill that free time, right? Our brains don't like that feeling of being bored or not engaged all the time. And so the world knows this, you know, people out in the world know this. So there has been a lot of things created to help put our brains back on autopilot And the thing is, is that those things can trick us into thinking that we are doing things of value and consequence because they are giving us dopamine hits. And dopamine hits are what make us feel good, right? Our brain releases dopamine when it has certain things happen, and then we feel good. So examples of this are social media that totally gives us a dopamine hit, Netflix, right? Video games, those all give us dopamine hit. Texting even gives us a dopamine hit. And they all seem valuable and worthwhile because they make us feel good, but they are just space fillers for our brains that keep us away from really tapping into our brain's potential and using our brains for their greatest good. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we should never do these feel-good things. I love a good Netflix show now and then, but I think it's safe to say that we as a society at large use these things to keep us quote-unquote busy when really they are just forms of putting our brains into autopilot. Now, because our brains get a dopamine hit every time we go to Netflix or every time we get on social media or we engage in any of these other autopilot type behaviors, what we have to make sure that we're doing is that we're constantly keeping our brains in check. So like I said before, I think that some autopilot stuff is good, 
But what we have to remember is that we have to constantly be watching and making sure that the autopilot activities of our life are working for us and not against us, right? So the autopilot stuff like I'm putting my clothes in a washing machine or I'm putting my dishes in a dishwasher, those are definitely working for us. I would definitely say those are working for us. But some of these other things, like I said, Netflix, video games, even texting are not always working for us. Now, the thing that's ironic is that we could can end up having to add time to our busy lives to correct our autopilot mistakes that our brain makes if we don't keep these things in check, just like I did on my way to my friend's house the other day. So here's how I kind of came up with this idea as well to talk about autopilot. My dad was a commercial airline pilot. And so my whole life growing up was filled with stories of airplanes and anything airplane related. Like that was usually the conversation around the dinner table was something about airplanes. Now in flying, pilots learn to use the autopilot function of an airplane. That's part of their training. And unlike cruise control in cars, autopilot actually flies and steers the plane for you. Pretty cool, right? I kind of wish we had this in a car. It would be so cool. Anyway, some people that might terrify them, but for me, I'm like, if it all checks out, we're good, right? And in many cases in airplanes, when you put the plane in autopilot, that's actually can be a safer option. But the thing is, is that the pilots are always responsible for keeping it in check and making sure that it's working like it should. So I remember this one particular story that my dad told me, and he said that there was a plane that was making a transatlantic flight And there was another pilot on the airplane who was riding as a passenger. And he woke up a few hours into the flight and noticed that the sun was rising on the wrong side of the airplane. (laughs) So he was like, "Uh, this is not right for the direction that we should be going in. So he alerted the crew and it was discovered that the autopilot had not been set properly and had actually turned the plane around so that it was heading back to where it had come from. Kind of scary, right? So this was a huge error on the pilot's part that could have been fatal, actually, because they could have run out of fuel, they could have hit another airplane, they could have, you know, there's so many things that could have happened. And I just was like, yeah, autopilot's great, but you totally have to check it. So he told me another story that I think is so fascinating too, where these foreigners had come over to the United States to learn how to fly some military airplanes. And they had been introduced to the autopilot function system in the airplanes and thought automatically that it did convert over to cars. So I think it's cool if we ever did that, like they already thought it had happened. So they got in a van one day and put the van on cruise control and then got up and went into the back to play cards. Okay, let's just say it didn't end well. (laughs) So we should never allow our brains to go on complete autopilot. Just like 
When pilots are flying an airplane, there should always be somebody double checking and rechecking and making sure that that system is working properly. We need to do the same things with our brains. We always need to be checking them and making sure that we are actively controlling them and not obviously thinking that they will just do their jobs automatically and correctly. Our brain needs to be kept in check. This is a really important skill. Now, to do this takes a lot of self-discipline, a lot of willingness to feel negative emotion, and a lot of hard work. So let me roll out an example for you how this might actually play out in real life and what your brain is going to want to do to go into autopilot and what you need to make sure to do to make sure that you keep it in check and that it doesn't go there. So this is a great example. I have a friend who's writing a book. And I don't know if this has happened to her, but I have heard that this has happened to a lot of people. So say you want to start writing a book and you have the plot picked out and you have characters chosen and the overall feel of what you want it to be is already decided. So you kind of know what you're going to write about and you just have to start writing it. That's what has to happen. And so here's what will happen with your brain. So you will go get all excited. And you'll be like, yes, I'm going to come up with a great plan and how I'm going to accomplish this and schedule out all my time. And so you come to your first scheduled appointment with yourself and you sit down to start writing and your mind is blank. You got nothing. Nothing is coming. And your brain is going to want to slip into autopilot mode. And so it's going to go searching for areas of your life that you already know how to do. So it's going to go to like, I should just make dinner now. I should just go fold some laundry. I should go pay some bills. I should catch up on some emails, right? Because those are kind of autopilot type behaviors that our brain likes to go into because it's easy and it doesn't cause a lot of discomfort. What your brain is going to want to do too is it's going to want to go to the easy road and avoid all of those negative emotions. And it's going to want you to stop sitting down and having nothing come to you, right? That doesn't, it doesn't like that. And it wants to run away from the thoughts like, I have no idea what I'm doing. That's a common thought, right? When we start a big project or this must mean I don't have a good book idea. That would probably be a pretty common one or no one is going to read this anyway. You can't think of some <laughs> thought greater than that that would like kick your brain into autopilot. Like nobody's going to write this book, want to read this book anyway. I'm like, I'm out of here, right? So it will kick also into a guilt mode, right? By telling you that this is going to take too much time away from other things that are important to you. Like you should be spending more time with your kids, even though you are scheduling to write this while they are all in school your brain, man, it's, it can totally trip you out and it can go to these unrealistic things. Or it can say to you, you really need to start cleaning the house when, because you have guests coming in a few days, but you know, like they're only spending one night, they're coming at like 10 o'clock at night and then they're leaving at like six in the morning. Like they're probably not even going to see your house, right? And it's a couple days away. You have plenty of time. And if your house is anything like mine, your kids are going to mess it up anyway. <laughs> Okay. Or your brain may even go to, 
you need to make cookies for your ministering sister because it's her birthday. But you know that you just go to the local bakery and buy a cupcake for her every birthday. Like you don't need to make her cookies. So these are all defense mechanisms and things that your brain does to try and get you out of doing what is hard. So it wants to slip back into that autopilot. Now your brain will always go to autopilot if you don't learn to consistently put it in what I like to call manual mode. So if any of you know how to drive a manual or stick shift, that is where real control over driving takes place. So I grew up learning how to drive on a stick shift and it's true, you have much different control when you're driving a manual car as opposed to an automatic car. And I had a really hard time when we went to all automatic cars because I felt like I didn't have any control. But when you have five kids who are screaming at you, it's really nice to have a free hand to like chuck snacks to or, you know, wave at people to be quiet or not have to concentrate so much on my driving. I have a little less mind power that has to go into driving so I can focus on things that are going on in the car. Anyway, just like driving a manual car, a manual life takes a lot of work and discipline. In the I'm writing a book example, someone who is living a manual life would sit down and write during the appointed time no matter what. Be like, I have nothing. And she'd be like, but I'm going to write something. So she would sit down and do it. And it wouldn't matter even if she ends up throwing it away at the end of the day because she's teaching her brain the importance of keeping commitments to herself and that by training her brain to keep the schedule she has set, huge benefits will come in the long run. This is true. So it's just like when you go to the gym for the very first time and you're like, this is stupid. I can't even run, you know, for 10 seconds. Are you just going to get off and walk away? A lot of people do, right? But you just keep coming back every day and keeping that commitment to yourself to get on that treadmill and run a little bit further. The same is true about any activity that we're doing, any goal that we want to accomplish. Your brain is going to want to make it hard and you have to override your brain and kick it off of that autopilot mode and keep going and really force it to keep its schedule. So here's my challenge for you this week. I want you to ask yourself, when was the last time you did an inventory of your autopilot brain? I want you to look at your autopilot brain. When does that kick in and how is it keeping you from accomplishing some of your goals? What are you thinking? What are the thoughts that come up that make you think that you should go back into these autopilot behaviors. And then I want you to think, what are some alternative thoughts and practices that you could adopt to shift more into a manual mode in regards to getting the results you want out of your life? Okay, so that's your assignment. I want you to really look at your brain and see where it's going into autopilot 
and then see where you can really shift it into manual mode and start doing those things and committing to think in ways that will help you live a more manually driven life. Okay? All right. I hope you all have a great week. And I wanted to give a shout out to one of my listeners named Natalie. I don't know who she is, but she referred somebody to me for a mini session and I so appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to meeting with her friend. So if you don't want to sign up for a mini session, which hello, I don't know why you wouldn't. I'm totally awesome to talk to and it's totally fun. And I could help you solve a problem in your life. Refer a friend because I love talking to people and I love being able to share these tools with them and be able to help them. So come sign up for a mini session at meg at the or send your friends. I'll take whichever. All right. Have a great week, everyone. And I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>